So Aftershock Student Ministries went up to Berkeley Springs, West Virginia to my friend. <laughs> Many of you know Lynn Hiles. That's his home church. His sister, pastor, uh, pastors, Lisa Unger, her, his father founded the church and passed away. And basically the whole family took over. But uh, this will be, uh, the praise team has been up there leading worship for five years and student ministry has been going for the last four years. There's a waiting list to get into this camp um, because there's only only about two or 250 kids that can come. And we tried for years and years and years to get in. And the first year we went, Lynn called me and asked me if we, we would do the worship. And I said, yes. Uh, and when I got up there, I said, well, since we did you a favor, you need to do me one. I need my student ministry in this uh, conference. And he said, they can come next year. And so we've been ever since. And it really is the highlight in some ways of our aftershocks uh, year to get to go up and participate. And um, it's not just youth camp. They do fun things, which they do, like getting beat in basketball. It's something I've not experienced yet. I'm sure it's a fun time. <laughs> or they play volleyball and they do drum lines and teaching. But the, every single night, there's intense time of worship. I want to share just for a minute, and then I'm going to have them come up and share... Um, in the month of May, that church, actually, are we doing nursery today? Let's go ahead and do nursery first. I think it might be better. Let's, so nursery kids, after uh, children's church, you're going to stay in here this morning. But nursery kids, we're going to go right through that door. Go ahead and head on back, um, and you can enjoy your nursery. And I want to share something that happened up at, uh, at camp, and then, uh, and then we'll go from there. So nursery, for those of you that may be visiting from uh, early up to pre-K, pre you can tell I've been singing Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and today. And whoever's drink this is, thank you. I just took it without realizing mine's back there. Don't drink after. It's, yeah, I'm sure it's fine. Amen. So this, um, this church is called Word of Deliverance Church. They're in Berkeley Springs. They're a New Covenant church, and they've been preaching uh, and trying to liberate people from the destructiveness of, of um, religion for years and years and years. In the month of May, um, one of the little girls that has been at camp that all of us have met, her name is Lexi Miller. Now, there is a Lexi that comes down here, but she's also known as Lexi. They're both Lexi and Lexus Miller, last name Miller. Um, was in a car accident with her boyfriend. He was driving down the road, going down two lanes on one, one way, and there was one lane on the other. And he was going to pass, and just as he went to pass, the two lanes merged into one, so it was passing lanes, one on either side. Instead of pulling it over back into the right lane, there was a car there. He did not see that there was an oncoming car. This girl, I think, was 20. Is that right? 19? 19 or 20? Uh, they had a head-on collision, and she went through the windshield. And instinctively, her boyfriend, who was driving the car, grabbed her by the sweatshirt and pulled her back through. What he didn't know was when he pulled her back through, the glass caught her throat and cut her throat and killed her instantaneously. Just within a matter of weeks, uh, they got a call that there was another young girl who's 15 years old who had, um, who had gone missing, and they were on a search for her body. Um, they finally found her body, um, and they found out that she was, she was murdered in the church because her murderer was her mother's boyfriend who had raped her and impregnated her. Within just a few weeks, another young teenager at the church OD'd and died as a result of the overdose whose mother is a Sunday school teacher. So in May, Pastor Lisa had three funerals to bury three teenagers in her church. And so 
we're watching all of this unfold because they're sharing things on Facebook and we've built relationships with these kids for years and years. Most of the time that we go up there, it's just such a download for us um, that we just come back incredibly just kind of pumped and, you know, renewed, rejuvenated. But this year was different. I felt such a heaviness when I pulled in to Berkeley Springs immediately. And I've already been grieving and praying with them, but you could, the, the grief in that city was palpable to me. And I spoke with Pastor Lisa uh, when she was up there on the stairs, and I said, how are you? And she said, well, I'm fine. I said, no, I, I want to know really how are you. She said, I buried three people last, last month, three teenagers. And, and, and all three of them are tragic deaths, obviously, very tragic deaths. As a matter of fact, the gentleman that had raped the, the little girl and killed her, they didn't know who it was, and he was a part of the search crew in the church that was looking for her until they found out who it was. So they were just overwhelmed. And I said, no, Pastor Lisa, how are you? She said, it's hard for me because I'm trying to teach my people because they're asking, why did God do this? Or, 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 or even, why did God allow this? And she said, to, she said, I got up and said to my kids, God was, not, God was not the one killing Lexi in the car, Lexus, but he was in the car with her when she died. God was not in the murder, but God was in the community that came together to search for the party. The one woman who had to go to her son's funeral didn't even have a vehicle to get there because her tires were messed up and someone offered to put four new tires and get her car running so she could go and just went on and on and on. So Monday night was really dry. Tuesday night was really dry. Wednesday night they asked me to speak, which they asked me to speak essentially every year. And Wednesday night, uh, I had already... Their mountain movers was the, uh, was the theme of the week. And I'd already prepared to teach them that they were chosen for greatness and preach that message until I just felt like I needed to pour into this body. You know, I mean, this is a camp, people from across the country, but there are people here just hurting. I mean, deep, deep, deep hurt. And, um, and so, and I knew that they were wondering, especially as teenagers, their theology is, is developing. And the last thing you want to develop is a theology that said, God did this to me to teach me a lesson. If you don't hear anything else from me, you hear this. Jesus, God the Father, does not teach you by making you sick or by killing you. His, his method of teaching is and always has been by the Holy Spirit. That's actually Bible. I'm not suggesting that you can't learn a lesson going through tragic events, but God does not have to make some tragic event happen to you in order that he can teach you a lesson. That's poor theology. And what we can't do is we, uh, we can't lessen our theology based on our experience, but we've got to just believe God is who he is, believe that he's always good. And so I preach to these kids that Jesus was God's selfie. You've kind of heard that. I talked about selfies, and I said, did you know when the first selfie was? The first modern-day selfie was taken by Paris Hilton with Britney Spears. But before then, it was actually in the 1800s by a man whose last name was Cornelius who took one. And actually, even the selfie stick in the early 1900s, there are, there's a couple that are taking a picture, pressing down the button on a camera with a stick, a wood stick. And I said, but, in, but really, the first selfie was taken 2,000 years ago. God the Father wanted to show the world what he was really like because the only thing anybody had ever seen of him were small glimpses, or should I say filters, and they, he was always filtered through the lens uh, of their experience. And so if you take the Bible alone, especially the Old Testament, you can, you can literally make a case that says God advocates for slavery, that he advocates for child murder, and a lot of things that he does not advocate for. And the reason that we can do that is because that is the filter by which and the context by which these writers that are learning about God, progressing in their knowledge of God, thought that maybe he had said or done. 
Are you with me? I want to share this one little thing, and then I'm going to have the kids come up. They've got the service this morning, not me. You'll be glad to know. But I felt like this would be appropriate to share. And then I'm going to tell you what happened, and then we'll, I'll let them come up. In, uh, in the 1800s, there was a man who lived whose name was John Godfrey Sachs. He lived from 1816 to 1887. And he wrote a poem which was a version of an old Indian proverb called The Blind Men and the Elephant. Now, I want to share it, and I'm going to tell you why I want to share it, because many of us have our theology based on, theology just means theo is God. You know, ology is a study of, so theology is just simply our study or our experience of God. And as we study who he is and what he's like, we've got to be very careful that we don't put him in such a little box that he can't, you know, that we say, this is what God's like without seeing the whole picture. I told those kids the only pure filter by which God can ever be seen is the life of Jesus Christ. Two people said that's right, and one person shook their head. Does anybody disagree with that? Because I, I want to help you. The only pure filter through which we will ever see God is the life of Jesus. The Bible says, according to Paul, that Jesus is the exact expression, or in essence, everything that God wanted to say about himself, he said through the life of Jesus Christ. Who said, who said love your enemies, forgive those? You know, I mean, he said a lot of things. He said, you've heard it said by those of old time, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, he drew a direct contrast. What he was saying was, that was an incomplete picture. The more complete picture is, I say, love your enemies. Forgive them. If your brother smites you on the cheek, turn to him your, uh, turn to him your other cheek. That's what Jesus said. So he was given a more complete, unfiltered picture of God. Here's the blind man and the elephant. There were six men of Indostan to learning much inclined, who went to see the elephant, though all of them were blind, that each by observation might satisfy his mind. The first approached the elephant, and happening to fall against his broad and sturdy side, at once began to bawl. God bless me, but the elephant is very much like a wall. The second, feeling of the tusk, cried, Ho, what have we here, so very round and smooth and sharp? To me, tis mighty clear. This wonder of an elephant is very much like a spear. The third approached the animal, and happening to take the squirming trunk within his hands, thus boldly he up and spake, I see, quoted he, the elephant is very much like a snake. The fourth reached out an eager hand and felt about the knee. What most this wondrous beast is like is mighty plain, said he. It's clear enough the elephant is very much like a tree. The fifth who chanced to touch the ear said even the blindest man can tell what this, resem what this resembles most, deny the fact who can. The marvel of an elephant is very much like a fan. The sixth no sooner had begun about the beast to grope than seizing on the swinging tail that fell within his scope, I see, quoted he, the elephant is very much like a rope. And so these men of Indostan disputed loud and long, each in his own opinion exceedingly stiff and strong, though each was partly in the right, all of them were in the wrong." You see how they all see a glimpse or a portion or a piece. An elephant is not like a snake. <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous. If I were to tell you an elephant's like a snake, you know that's not the case. It should be the same way if I were to say God doesn't murder people, you should say, of course he doesn't. 
because Jesus didn't murder people. God doesn't make you sick to teach you a lesson. How many times in the Gospels can you find a place where Jesus made someone sick to teach them a lesson or murdered someone to teach them a lesson? That's just not the way that he moves. He always teaches by his spirit. Now, I don't want to just, and, and the reason, I don't want to just preach theology for the sake of preaching a theology or doctrine. This had to be taught because you're talking about kids in the middle of tragic events that are saying the same thing that all of us say at some point. God, why did this happen? Or worse yet, why did you do this? And they needed to see that Jesus isn't like that at all. And if Jesus isn't like it, the Father's not like it. He's not like that. At the end of the service, um, I said, uh, I said, I feel like I just want to, I want to pour into those of you that are here that were hurting. And I was overwhelmed with tears. And we ministered to them, and I called the team forward. And one of the leaders of the church came up and said, I need to tell you something. She said, we were, uh, we've done this, we've done this camp now for 30 plus years. And even had considered maybe not even having it because they were just so overwhelmed. They never would have canceled it, but that's how, that's how grief stricken they were. And said throughout May, it was just so hard to try to catch any momentum or any, even catch their breath or, or anything long enough to put some time into this. Our kids spoke to me the first few nights and said, something's off. They didn't know how, they, they knew something wasn't there, but they didn't know what it was. And what it was is, these people were grief stricken. And she came up to me and she said, while we prayed, I had a vision. The Lord said, I'm sending help that's going to pour back in. And he showed me your face. And in tears, she said, your team came and poured into us this morning. Isaiah's actually, are you, are, you, are you in here? I can't, come down here and share. Isaiah's had such a good point of view the way he saw it. It wasn't, it wasn't so much we were going up there necessarily to receive this year. The reason I want to tell you is I want to know where all of you that supported and came to car wash, it wasn't so kids could go and learn how to shoot basketball or play sports or any of that kind of stuff. It's so that our church could take the measure of glory that God has poured in a true vine up to West Virginia and pour back into that family up there. The way you said it to me, yeah, when we first got there, it was really, you can feel it, um, and I didn't know until a couple of days in exactly what was going on. Um, when we got there, it was, uh, they, had, they had to be strong for each other. I mean, three deaths in three or four weeks, that's, that's tough. When we came here, when we came there, it was God saying and us telling them, it is your time to be weak now. We're here. We're sister church. Let us be strong for you. Let us be your root. You know? And uh, it was, uh, that Wednesday was absolutely powerful. So powerful. So, um, and I loved it. Um, I never had a chance to actually stay there. I've gone there a couple times, but... Uh, it was, it was beautiful, and uh, to just be able to tell them it's, it's, it's time. You've held this for a couple of weeks, and uh, just let go. We're here. We'll take care of it. God will take care of it. Excuse me. So. Yeah, William was, um, we were, I had William go to the keyboards as I was ministering, and, I start, and a little refrain came to me. It's not necessarily deep. But it spoke, and I think it maybe speaks to some this morning. I said, we're going to exhale our grief and inhale his grace. And I told them all, I said, God's going to bring you into a season of rest, into a season of repose, into a season of peace. Rest and rest and, and activity is not the same thing. You can do things that need to get done and have a peace and a rest about you. 
and, uh, and it was just such a great time. You, every one of you, if you gave 10 cents or if you shared on Facebook that we were having fundraisers or, or participated with the Rockathon or the car wash, you were, you, you were a part of that. If your kids went, if your grandkids went, nieces, nephews, whatever, if you go to this church in any way and you gave into uh, the general fund giving because we had some trouble with the van that we, we had to take care of, um, that ultimately God brought it back around and we have, we're here, but um, you're a part of that. And, uh, and I can tell you, I promise you, there's a group of grateful men and women in West Virginia. And not only that, after that was done, I felt even this one, there was one little girl that we would go and minister individually to these kids. She said, yeah, I just lost my mom like two months ago. She's not even a part of that church. And she just wept and she said, when you spoke about breathing in grace and breathing out grief, um, it spoke so deep. So we, we stayed and had such a time of ministry, but it wasn't me. There were a group, and it wasn't even just the adults. It wasn't the worship team, but the kids that are coming up to the stage right now. Every single one of them, come on, guys, were declaring and prophetically declaring over men. And sometimes you don't even have to declare or be prophetic. Sometimes you can sit with a bunch of tears beside somebody else that's crying, and being there with them is as much ministry as saying something profound. Um, so I've asked all of them this morning um, to take a few minutes and share maybe some of what their experience was um, at camp um, so that you can see, we're going to do this every year. We have some other things coming up. Before they speak, uh, we're, we're hoping to get out uh, for either a week of, uh, or a weekend of camping or possibly to the beach. We, we try to do that every year. And then we'll be going to Winter Jam, and we've got um, some other things coming up. So when we do fundraisers, uh, it's not just so the kids can have fun. It's so that the kids can be impacted and, be in, and have an impact everywhere they go. So think about that. Even if you don't have a kid that participates in joining with us uh, to help them raise funds. Who was going first? Madison? No. Michaela? Eli, go from the end. John Michael. Come on, buddy. You don't, come on. don't want to show you? <laughs> John Michael's loved by everybody. Come on, Abby. Listen. Guys, the microphone needs to be here, not here. It has to be there. Okay. I don't know exactly what to share, but whenever I was there, it was just such a heavy presence. It was amazing. And one night, I was just sitting there, and I had to start writing in my journal because earlier during worship, is it okay if I share this, Isaac? Um, Isaac had came up to me. He's like, you're my friend, right? And I said, Yeah. And God had me go, and he had me write, and I ended up writing, my pastors are open to all, and are always, they're always open to those who rest. My pastors are fear, full of wealth, and welcome to all, and no matter what time says it is, they never wither, they're always open and full of wealth that is belonging to us and him, and... I just felt that, and then afterwards, I'm like, I love structure, but he's like, we're not going to be structured anymore. We're just going to be open and just feel the presence flow and let it go how it goes. And one night, I just saw a river just flood the floor. I think it was that night when it was, yeah, it was Wednesday night, and it was just, it was eye-opener. I came back home, and I was homesick, and I just really wanted to feel his presence again. It was like a cutoff, but it, I know it wasn't. So I was kind of angry, like when my mom comes back from Africa. So <laughs> I went to group last night, and we praised, and we worship, And it was just, it was great. I just, learning to like, because the veil has been torn. So there's nothing to separate us, even when there's feel like there's disconnection. So I'm learning to be able to tap into that. 
Okay, so, uh, ooh, that's loud. Um, this was my fourth year this year, and um, uh, so I was among the older kids, if you would say, and it was really, really weird because you, I still think of myself as like one of the younger kids because I don't know, I don't know a lot about everything that everyone else knows, so it was just awkward, but um, it was uh, an experience. And uh, like Uncle Josh said, uh, the theme, they have a theme every year, and every year it seems to me like their theme that they make speaks something beyond words into every single person's life. Like every theme is exactly what that person needed. And um, uh, I'm gonna read the verse for, for the mountain movers, and it said, it's Isaiah 54:10, and it says, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. So um, they, they did that all week, and um, it was, it, it, like I said, it was, it was just an experience that nobody can put into, you know, fathomable words. Like, you can't, you can't just think of something and be like, oh, this is what happened, because... Most of us don't really understand a lot of what happened because, you know, we have 12 to 18-year-olds speaking in tongues and, you know, praying over people all our age. And so you can't help but just be, you know, gathered into that, what everyone else is doing. And so, um, like I said, I was one of, I'm one of the most... Like, I'm one of the older kids in youth now, which, like I said, is weird, but, um, so it was really, um, it was more powerful for me to see all of my younger children, um, <laughs> because I'm the youth mom, as most of you know, but, um, all of my younger children actually step into what we've been seeing for years now, and that is what spoke more into me throughout this week than, um, me just standing there and worshiping, which was great, but me seeing Nayeli and Michaela and uh, Danny and Julio and baby Ruth, Elijah, um, all of them, just seeing them actually come forth and be with us in that moment was, was more powerful than anything else. great great experience and it was good to see different <laughs> everyone's different love language with God and um, changed a lot of people and it always will I'm finished <laughs> um, this trip for me was definitely one I'm gonna remember one the van breaking down us riding 30 minutes in the back of a truck when it started raining to get there, dude, that was that was rough. I felt bad for Jake because it was hitting him right in the face, 30 minutes. But um, uh, we got there and we could kind of tell it was it was different from the last couple years. You know, it felt off. People didn't feel right. Uh, the first service kind of went okay. Second service was okay. Then Wednesday when my dad spoke, us really really kicked in. And you know, I got you. And you know, a lot of times when everything happens, we're playing, we're up there on the stage playing, so I'm by the drums, and I don't really get to, you know, I'm not down there. But after the service, we go have a thing called a campfire, 
and we were just chilling, talking. And I was, I was with a bunch of people from West Virginia, and I was telling them, I was like, you know, through all these deaths, how are you still so happy? How do you have a smile on your face after all that? Because, you know, that would really beat me down. And they were like, well, Berkeley Springs, where the camp is, is a pretty small town, so we're all, we all basically know each other, we're all family. And I was like, I mean, three deaths, that's horrible. And they're all in your youth group. And they said, the thing is for us, if we don't keep a smile on our face, who will? So it kind of spoke out to me that through the midst of it all, through all that they went through, they still had a smile on their face, and they still praise Jesus through all of it. And that's what spoke to me. So this year was definitely different for me. Um, this is my third year. The first two years I went, I was more of on the receiving end of like all the ministering. But this year, I felt like I was definitely mis ministering to everybody. Um, the first night we were there, it was a night service. We just got there from the dang Amish gas station. <laughs> um, I was playing piano and there was this little kid, his name was Kamarion. I didn't know that at first because I just got there. Um, He's a part of the Georgia crew, and I knew he was holding, something was holding him back. So I immediately just, I was like, I have to go over there. So I go over there, and I was like, what's up, dude? Is this your first year here? He's like, yeah. And I was like, so I know this seems a little weird to you right now. It was the same way my first year. Um, but I'm just here to tell you that this is cool. People crying here is okay. It's okay to let go. It's okay to cry. Um, he immediately started just shedding tears. And I was like, oh God, not on my shirt, man. <laughs> um, then the memorial service we had, um, that's when it really like kicked up for me. Um, I went to not just kids, but the adults there. I was like, you know, death isn't the end of y'all's relationship. It's the beginning of a more intimate one. I said, you know, it's crazy because now those people are closer to you more than they ever could have been here on earth actually with us. Um, and it was just crazy because I was like, they're probably replaying their favorite moment with you every day up in heaven and thinking about you. They're a voice in your head and they're gonna be your little like spirit animal type of thing. You know, like on Coco, <laughs> like that, <laughs> just with you somewhere. <laughs> um, and then after camp, we were leaving, this one girl texted me and she was like, I didn't get the revival I needed from camp. I was like, what exact revival were you looking for? She was like, I just wanted to be at peace. And I was like, you know that it's in our darkest moments when God shines the brightest. We just lose focus on what he's trying to do because we're focused on the bad thing. So if we take our focus off of that and focus back on God, he will bring us peace. Okay, so this year, this year's my second year. Um, so the first year it was like, I was just sitting in the back just chilling because I wasn't really into it. I was just chilling. Um, but this second year, you could really feel his presence. It was just really heavy on you, and you just felt it. So I got up out of my seat, and I just went over and worship. It was, it was a really good year. Yes, 
guy. So this is this was my fourth year as well. Um, and I, it was it's really I've been thinking about talking up here for a while. Just so you all know, I have been thinking. I'm just gonna stutter a lot because I don't like being in front of people. Um, but this year I've been through a lot, and not a lot of people know that. It's just I keep to myself. It's how I am as a person. It's probably not the best thing, but that's just how I am. Um, so I went to camp with something on my mind that like I hadn't really told anybody. There was no, there was no like specific one detail, but like there were a couple things here and a couple things there that I knew I needed to let go and just couldn't get rid of. Um, so I was on the receiving end of peace this year. Um, I've been praying for peace for about two years now. There's been a lot in my home life and my school life and just in life in general. Um, and the first night they called up for something and I don't even remember what it was for because it was like just so overwhelming. And so I went up there and they prayed for me and y'all, these people were saying things to me that no, no one knew. Like, Oh, it was only God like there was like my best friends didn't know the things that they these people were praying over me like it was and the first night I just kind of you know I accepted it and I was just kind of like silent like have you ever felt that way like just not not I didn't you know usually after worship you know you're hype and you're like ready to go like let's go do this I was just like calm like it wasn't, there wasn't anything on my mind. I was just there, basically. And I felt that way for the rest of Monday night. And then Tuesday, you know, I was, I was in a good mood. I just wasn't, you know, I didn't want to socialize. I just wanted to be with me. And then Tuesday night, they, I think Clint talked about, Tuesday was Clint, and Clint talked about seeing yourself how God sees you, essentially was his message. And he it was a really powerful message and so he called up and I went up there because I needed it and I was just kind of in the presence and I could just you could feel the like just how heavy it is like they started singing the song earlier the uh, we receive your rain that was just the cloud of rain it was just like it was just like at our weight at everyone's waist it was just there it was so thick and powerful and I prayed for a couple people here and there, you know, I heard the Lord do this, do this, so I did it. And um, he told me to go pray over Abby. Somebody was already praying over Abby, so, you know, I just kind of waited my turn because I, I knew I had to say what I had to say. And the lady that was praying for Abigail, she turned to me and she said, you need a hug. And I lost it because like, hugs are my thing. I love hugs and I must tell people like, nobody ever hugs me because like at church people hug me but like nowhere else people hug me so like I just that's that's how I bond with people and she said some things that just spoke volumes to me and like I still am a little choked up about it because like that's God that the the hug I got from her was a hug from God and that night I was just I was sitting on the floor by myself I was just so it, like if that's the stage they've got like a wall right there and I was just kind of sitting on the wall just by myself in the presence like a 
Okay, quick question. How many ladies in the room know men can think about nothing? Literally, like, it's a scientific fact that boys have, like, boxes in their heads and they can pull the box of nothing out and think about nothing. I didn't know that. That, like, we, it's a scientific proven fact. Did not know that because I'm always thinking about something. Always. And a lot of what I've been thinking about is stress lately. You know, senior year is coming up, all the things, it's just a lot of stress. And I sat there on that floor for 20 minutes thinking about nothing. There was nothing on my mind. There was no stress. There was no worry about who I had to talk to next or who I had to impress. It was just so, such a powerful thing. And since then, I haven't, like, you know, there's a little bit of, ah, oh, crap, I gotta do that. But the peace I have felt since that moment is uncanny to anything I've ever felt before. I can't even, I can't put into words how happy I am because that's my God that did that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, take Okay, so it was my second year going, and they were completely different because uh, my first year was a receiving year, but my second year was a giving year. Being said, um, last year I was prayed for, and this year I was praying for people, um, if that makes sense. And I felt like a boldness came over me um, to where I didn't have, I didn't care who I prayed for. Um, I didn't care, you know, what people were saying. I just kind of did it, kind of like today. But uh, I didn't really have that last year, and I'm just I'm really thankful for it. And so I, the first night, it was kind of like last year. I was kind of sitting down in the back. Anyways, <clears throat> I was sitting in the back uh, Monday, and uh, the Lord came up to me, and he said, I have two paths for you. And I don't care which one you take. One is a receiving path, and one is a giving, a giving path. And I was like, okay, so, but he said, if you wanna go on the receiving path, you have to, you have, to have a boldness for you. And I was like, okay, so I, I think I can do this, and I did. I took the receiving path, or the giving path, and it kinda like changed my life a lot. And uh, it was really, really special. And I'm not really a crier at church, but it was, I, I started crying a little bit. So I was always, always normally in the back, but this year I was in the front and I saw a bunch of people in the back, especially from our church. And I had to like get them to warm up to everybody. And I was trying to make them comfortable. And like the Lord said, he said, thank you for that. And, uh, I just want to say, just want to say thank you to my dad for letting us go. Um, it was really, really special. And I just want to say thank you to the Lord, really. That's, that's all. That's all. Oh, yeah, David. <laughs> so this was my first year. And 
I got there, I kind of already knew everybody, because like, I've met everybody from Arlockin and from Georgia. So I was going around saying, hey, and that Monday night really kind of was, I was just kind of standing in the corner. I really didn't feel anything. And then um, second night, it was just, I, f I felt more like in it. I felt like more I needed to go touch somebody, talk to somebody. So I was like more praying and praying and praying. And the same thing for the second night, but that third night, um, fourth night, sorry. Elon, it was two people that come up to me and said the same exact thing. You know, you need to let go and feel something. You, it's something you need to receive. And uh, or something you need to take in and just stop, like, trying to get away from it. So, um, I was just really, like, I started crying so much. I was like, I've never done this before. I've never felt it. So, um. I was just on my knees. I was like, Lord, please, you know, whatever it is that needs to happen, just let it happen so I can, like, get on. And, but it never happened, so I was just sitting there, just, like, taking in something that I've never felt before. And then that night, I was just, after, after the service was done, I was sitting down because I didn't want to leave. Um, and then we basically, we were, like, had to because we had to go into the cafeteria because it was raining that night and I was still just like sitting and just like praying and um, that was the most powerful thing I've ever felt in my entire life. I've never felt anything like that before. So I just want to thank God for it. Yes, this is my first full week going and one thing I really noticed when we went there was uh, whenever all the youth get together, they get more confident around each other, making them be able to go more out of their way than they usually would. Like when we came back and we were standing over here, Isaac was just going all over the place. And it's because he's comfortable around us in that environment now. And that's what got to me the most at this camp. So, yeah, uh, the trip up there was definitely something. Everywhere from being crowded in a van to stopped at a Amish gas station for two hours. But just entering Berkeley Springs, just like seeing the sign and being able to go in there and just feel the, the, the grief and the pain that these people have been going through just hit me like a ton of bricks. And that first night and the second night, it's just something was off. And I could tell something was off, and I'd heard the story of what had happened through May, and I knew that there was something that needed to be released. And I love both the people that spoke the first two nights, and they're amazing, and their messages had a lot of power behind them. But for me, it just wasn't what they needed. And for some people, it was what they needed people that had been going through this grief and this pain for the past month and a half wasn't what they needed and so when on Wednesday night when Uncle Josh came up to start speaking it just the atmosphere you could just feel the shift in the atmosphere and where it was going and what we were doing and so just being able to sit there because you know this is my fifth year being there you know I know everybody we everybody's all friends 
and I have a deep connection with these people. And so to feel this grief and this pain and this heartbreak that these people have been going through just tore me apart. And so just being there and just being a rock that they could, that they could open up to, just being a release point for healing in that time of vulnerability when they had nowhere to go, they've already tried and they just had to keep a smile on their face for each other, just to be able to be in that moment, to be with them and be able to, to be that person that could be there and, and help with that healing and that grief just really solidified me. Because the first couple of years I had you know, really enjoyed receiving what was there. But this year being the person that could give, it kind of opened up a new channel for me that wasn't just that I could receive, but that I could give and be that rock for somebody to help them if they need it. And not only did it open my eyes to what, the, what I could be, it opened my eyes to the new youth around me. Like seeing Julio and Isaac and David all just opening up and being themselves. It just, it gave me a fire that just grew. And I was, whew. Jeshua, Jeshua, God bless him. That boy, ooh, it's something lit up inside of him and everybody knew it. And it was not only the youth, but the elders of the church. Seeing that it wasn't just the youth, but that everybody could do it. Mark. Everything that happened there, you've seen. You've seen it before. But I think it reassured your evidence inside of you that you could do it again. Isaiah, wherever you are. Hey, buddy. It opened my eyes to see that you could do it again. And for the people that wasn't there, but that helped us get there. G, accelerated blessings. Everything you've done everybody in here there's accelerated blessings not just because we went there but because you helped us get there yeah, yeah. hey um, what really stood out to me was i believe it was clint spoke tuesday night and he was like don't let your past hold you back and it really it really just stuck with me so then the praise Praise and worship team went back up and they started singing and I actually got to come off stage and I sat there and I was just worshiping and I was like, God, I want to feel you. I want to hear you like I did. And this lady, um, Sarah, Becca, Becca came up to me and she said, there's something that happened in the past six or seven months that's been holding you back from him. And he wants your everything. He wants your worship. He wants your pain and he wants everything from you. And um, so I sat there. And I was just overwhelmingly crying. I was like, God, I want to feel you like I did. And I was, I was sitting like this, you know? And I was like, God, let me feel you or let me hear you. And I felt someone grab both of my hands. And I opened my eyes. And I didn't see anyone. And then I hear a thunderclap. And he said, I've been here this whole time. You just got to open your eyes. Word. Uh, uh. God spoke to me twice this week, and uh, just feel like I need to share this with you guys. Um, so it was uh, Tuesday night, it was when they were singing uh, Endless Ocean, 
And I was sitting in a pew, because you know, I was just sitting in the back and just enjoying it. And um, I looked up, and you know how the ocean kind of just sways like this, kind of? Yeah. So, uh, and I looked up and I saw a few people swaying like the ocean does. And then I didn't see it, but I heard it. But I heard the chains of depression, anxiety, and the chains of feeling alone. I heard those chains literally falling off of them and breaking in half when they hit the ground. So I literally heard that. Thursday, this is uh, for Statesville, so uh, I feel like I need to show this. Thursday, when everyone was leaving, I was sitting in a pew. And uh, I was by myself, and all of a sudden, God literally brought me out of my body. Like I was not, I was there, but I wasn't there. this mountain and uh, I, I saw this mountain it was like a big huge mountain um, and, uh, above the mountain there was a beautiful rainbow like it was gorgeous and uh, then all of a sudden as I turned this way I was on top of the mountain and I looked down and I didn't see God but I knew he was right there because he had his arm around me like this right and uh, when I looked down at the mountain there was people just weeping and completely overwhelmed the presence of God. And uh, as I looked closely, there were people from this church praying and weeping and just loving on them like God does. And then God, I, then I, I heard God say, you see that? That's what I want Statesville to be like. I want my people in Statesville to be completely surrounded by the love because that's what I am. I am love, you know? But it has to start somewhere. So it has to start here, right? So uh, we can't just let it, it's not just gonna magically happen. We have to do something about it, right? All right, so I'm not a real big fan of public speaking, so if I stutter, my voice cracks, don't bully me. Uh, so this is my fourth year going, and as y'all, most of y'all know, I'm a big sleeper, I like to sleep. Uh, this is one of the first years I didn't sleep through every service, yay. Sure, I may have slipped in and out, but I, I, was, I was awake for the most part. Um, but when you're awake, camp is really more life-impacting. But, uh, so I've had uh, chronic back pain for as long as I can remember. And every night, I felt the pain slowly drift away. And so I'm pain-free now. I'm willing to believe that God's going to keep it that way. And if he'll do it for me, he'll do it for you.
was my first year, and I didn't think I was gonna really get involved with a lot of stuff that I did. And Wednesday night, I got up front and I closed my eyes and I just felt this relief on me. And I I just felt more open and I felt like there was nothing to think about, no stress, no anxiety. I didn't know what to do. I never felt that before. But it felt good. church camp but <laughs> um, so I was standing in the back during worship and um, people were telling me to go up there and I didn't want to just been holding things back and as I went up there it felt like it all just went away I could feel God and that was just something I've never felt before but I really connected this time and it felt good and I was proud <laughs> I was proud of myself <laughs> yes sir so on the first day I didn't really feel anything after everything was like going on but a couple days later it was on Thursday and like a lot was going on so I prayed and said God it's time for you to move my mountain been on that exact moment, but I know he's going to move my mountain. Some group of kids. I just want to share something with what Abby was mentioning. Clint, he got up and he was like, I think, real heavy at like 500 pounds. He lost a lot of weight and stuff like that. And he was referring to the past. How many people's went to the past before? 
You know, you get comfortable on what you know. And he did a demonstration to where it was so awesome. To where he put his clothes back on from where he lost all of the weight. The problem with that is where he went back to that, he started walking and it started tripping him up. It didn't fit no more. It didn't fit anymore, but it was what he knew and he's trying to make it work, trying to make it work. It wouldn't work and every step that he would take it tripped him up so much to the degree he could put somebody else with him in the clothes. It was crazy. I say all this to say that to, you know, when you're moving in the right direction, you know, that's why they say, don't look behind. The past is the past for a reason. You know, and myself included, I'll be the first one to tell you, you know, you go back to the past, you get comfortable, you know what you know. It's scary to move forward and stuff like that. But every time you do, it never works, ever. You get tripped up, you make more mistakes, it's all about. But I just wanna thank everybody for the opportunity to be a part of these guys. They're great, and I just wanna say one more thing. Are we enthusiastic? Yeah. Did you enjoy Aftershock sharing this morning? Great job, guys. Huh? Nope. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so my mom, she heard that the son needs to anoint the father's feet, and she asked me to pray about it. I feel Isaac and David need to anoint your feet while the rest of us pray for you, and you need to take off your shoes. Okay. Are you sure about that? Yes. No, I'm just kidding. I took a shower. Yes. Speaking of taking a shower... If you haven't gone to student ministry camp, don't go unless you're very brave. Goodness gracious. Socks too? No, no. <laughs> Jacob's here somewhere. Man, these kids are something else. 
<clears throat> it amazes me what they'll do if you ever just give them a little bit of freedom, a little bit of training, a little bit of direction, and just let them go. They'll be just fine. Uh, I think the reason they anointed my feet is I'm getting ready to get out this country. I need to go. And uh, Africa's waiting in Pakistan. This guy, did you see the... Some guy actually put a picture of me that he stole from my Facebook page on my page and said, God needs you in Pakistan. Please, Pastor Josh, come. <laughs> um, they've been asking me for a few years. That I was actually invited to preach to a crowd the last time I had a service of half a million. And they need to hear some real truth. So, uh, but Africa's been on my heart real heavy. Especially, do you remember when uh, uh, the Florida crew was up, for those of you that were here? And Pastor Percy Muleba was here. Oh, man, there was something so heavy. I will share this. I forgot this part about um, just for the sake of making sure we wrap up the story. In Berkeley Springs, the Lord showed me a vision. There's a, their church is on Winchester Grade Road. And I, I looked up as I was praying and leaving, going back to the hotel after. I thought I was going to preach about um, being chosen for greatness. And I saw the Lord pour out a look like a vat of oil, golden oil. And he said, I'm going to bring unity uh, to the community. Uh, through this and peace and I told Pastor Lisa and told the church that so I just wanted to want to make sure that I was faithful to share that and uh, you know if you give uh, if you give the kids the opportunity it's amazing you know you, you're always surprised by by what they say and what they do you know um, even some I mean I'm a parent of I feel like in some ways all of them but I'm a parent of at least four of them that were up here and uh, even what they said kind of surprised me as their father in a good way so um, if you make room for them give them opportunity I know some people think this is sort of emotionalism or sloppy that's not what it is what this is is it's the result of creating a space for them to 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 be creative and be who they are and be and be loved by their creator and so if you can do the same thing in your home that happened in camp here if you'll create space at your house you don't have to send them off they can it's a good thing and when we do camp you know hopefully your kids can participate but you can create this space in your home in my house we call it aware time where we just come to a place of stillness not to ask God for more things and not necessarily to say anything but to be aware of just how good he already is to make ourselves in our mind your, your spirit is but make your mind aware wait a minute he's literally here he promised where there two or three would gather together in my name I'll be there and he didn't mean that metaphorically. He's literally there with you. And so the Lord was here with us this morning. Guys, are we as a church proud of our student ministry? Good job, guys. Who's got it? Let's get a picture of these guys. Where's my camera? Will you hit G? Help me get this down there, will you? Somebody, everybody, let's get these guys together. Get out of here, Jason. You got a couple more years to go. Here we go. Nothing wrong with being short. It won't last long, boys. Jake, can get in there. You got, oh, you are, you are. Come on, Bishop. Bishop John Michael. All right, everybody smile. For real, Julio, I said smile. Hey guys, if I could just keep you for one minute longer. Um, our church has a great opportunity 
to give an experience like these kids just had at camp with the younger generation here and impact our community. And I would like for our amazing Children's Church Director, Sarah, to come up and talk to you guys for just a minute. So if you guys could give your attention to her. Okay, um, in, in the lobby, um, if you walk out to your right, we have two tables. On one of the tables, we have sign-up sheets for you to go ahead and pre-register your children for Bible school. Bible school is next month, July 23rd. 22nd through the 26th. Um, it'll be Monday through Friday. Then on Friday will be uh, family night. If any, if everybody could go past the registration table and sign your kids up, so therefore it gives us a head count um, when we're trying to prepare food and um, different things. It helps out a lot. Um, number two is um, if you want to order them a shirt, you can do so um, at the registration table as well. Um, then there's another table uh, or another sheet to sign up if anybody would like to volunteer um, we're looking for volunteers to help out um, if you could just quickly fill out a volunteer form and um, also we have a donation list um, yeah station for donations that we're looking for people to donate things so there's all kinds of opportunities for you to help and we are going to say thank you in advance god bless Uh, I just have a prayer request for you guys. There's this um, kid who goes to CCTL. In his freshman year, he lost his dad and his mom, sorry. And um, he just lost his dad. And the last thing I heard, he doesn't know what he's doing for a home. Or anything like that because he doesn't have family in the area so I just ask y'all to keep him in your prayers he'll be up let's pray now father I don't know the oh Justin oh no, that's her son it's fine. Father, we thank you for that young man right now. And we know that you can be father and mother and bring provision. And Lord, whatever way the true vine can help, Lord, we're willing to do it. Speak to us, Father. We'll do whatever you ask of us uh, as an extension of your ministry in the earth. In Jesus' name.